Hello and welcome to the Rossi's Live Life Well podcast, episode number three. I'm Liam Killington and as always I'm joined by my co-host Sophie Appel. Hey Sophie. Hi everybody. How are you Hi. Doing? I'm really good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not bad at all, thank you. How's your week been? It's been busy. Lots of renovations of the house, lots of training, running and obviously classes streaming online. So yeah, good week, busy week, which is nice. How about you? I see you've been, I see you've been running a lot. Yeah, well, for me, I've been running a lot anyway. Yeah, up to four times a week now, doing about three miles a time. So, yeah, that's new for me, but I'm quite enjoying it now. <laughs> just just four times a week. That's, that's good. <laughs> only, only little, like, half an hour ones, so it's not, like, loads. But I'm enjoying getting into it. Fantastic. Lockdown. Um, sort of lockdown discoveries, I guess, because I know you've always said that you're not a runner and, and suddenly no. you're becoming a runner. <laughs> well, I have a bit more time on my hands at the moment and I, I think it's just nice to get outside. It's a, it's a nice time of year. I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be taking up running if we'd be having this lockdown in December, January, February, <laughs> but it's May and it's beautiful out. So it's really nice to get outside and enjoy a bit of running. Yeah. Really like Absolutely. That. Absolutely. Um, firstly, I'd like to say a massive thank you to everybody who's listened to um, our previous two episodes um if you missed last week's episode um just make sure you go back and have a listen uh, we were joined by fiona spencer from north norfolk physio um it's a really good podcast so don't you agree yes really enjoyed that one and some really useful information for people out there as well yeah absolutely so good information on sort of staying injury free during during sort of lockdown um, and also how to access her physiotherapy services because at the moment obviously they can't do hands-on treatment so she gave us yeah. a little bit of information about how she's modified her business and, and is doing it virtually um, so if anyone does become injured kind of during these times she's still she is still accessible yeah um, which is great so if you did miss it go back and, and, and have a listen it's a good one um, so today um, it's not just Sophie and myself and um, we're joined again by another guest um, a man who's one of the best squash and racquetball players in Norfolk. Uh, <laughs> plays, in, plays in the Rossi's first team um, in the Norfolk Squash Leagues um, and is currently sporting one of the best lockdown moustaches we've, we've seen. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame it's just audio and people can't, can't see it. But, uh, it is quite something. <laughs> so I'd like to welcome Matthew Bolt to the podcast. Hello, Matt. Hi, hi, Sophie. Hi, Liam. Hi to you. Good to have you Hello. with us. Yeah, thank you very much. Good to speak to you both. How you doing? How's lockdown been for you, Matt? Yeah, so it's pretty busy. Obviously, got I'm I'm still working from home full time, so that's keeping me busy a majority of the time, and got the kids to worry about as well, and a bit of homeschooling and trying to squeeze in a little bit of sort of fitness training for squash and stuff as well. So yeah, it's keeping me busy. Fantastic. Sounds like yes, yeah, still sounds pretty full on to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So, um, Matt, obviously squash has been an important part of Rossi's leisure since kind of day one, really, um, since we started in 1978. Um, and it's included in all of our leisure memberships. Um, but for those who don't know, may not have heard about it, um, just tell us about the sport of squash. Um, just a little bit, yeah, about what it is. What does it entail? What does it involve? Yeah, so for those of those, uh, those people that don't know, obviously Rossi's have got two squash courts at the moment. Uh, tucked down the um, the end of Rossi's, sort of past the gym and uh, and past where the the physio treatment room is. Um, so if you ever fancy having a look, you wander down and and see what goes on down there. But yeah, squash itself is a racket sport. You can play it either as singles or doubles. So you can have up to four people on court at a time. Um, it's fairly easy to take part in. Uh, you don't need a huge amount of equipment. Just a 
sort of racket each, uh, a squash ball, a rubber ball, and um, yeah, some non-marking shoes and, and goggles if you're a junior, just to protect your eyes. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's a, a great sport. It's very physical, lots of sharp, explosive movements. Uh, and, and it's a very competitive, tactical and, and physical game. Um, it's the only racket sport where you sort of share the same space on court as your opponent. So as well as having to hit the ball, you have to move around your opponent at the same time, which can have some problems and issues and traffic problems on court. Um, and it's also been referred to as sort of chess on legs as well, just because <laughs> it, is, it is sort of quite tactical and, and uh, yeah, as well as being a very physical sport. I've got to agree with you there. I think um, it's sort of one of those sports where the, the concept of it's very simple. You hit a ball against the wall. Um, but actually, the, the tactics behind it, are, it is really tactical. It's a real skillful game as well, isn't it? But so, you know, beginners, you can get into it quite easily. But then it's, you know, you can work as hard as you want to get sort of really skillful at it as well. Um, what about the ball? Obviously, there's, there's different types of ball as well. I think it's the only sport where you can use a different ball and it sort of reacts differently. That's right, yeah. So there's sort of different sizes of ball and speeds of ball. So, um, you know, the, the juniors and beginners can start out with a, a ball that's slightly quicker and, and bounces a little bit more, makes it easier for the rallies to go longer. Um, so I would always recommend, you know, if you're just starting out or got kids that want to play, start with those sort of balls. So the rallies are nice and long. Um, but, uh, yeah, as, yeah, as you get better at the sport, uh, obviously there are what we call slower balls, so they bounce less. Um, and make the game a little bit more challenging means the ball sort of stops at the front further or stops in the, the back of the court and, and you have to sort of dig it out of the corners a little bit more. Um, but yeah, as, as you get better at the game and you get better at digging those balls out the corners as well, so that the rallies are sort of just as long, but that can make the game a little bit more challenging. Well, Matt, I've heard that racquetball is a bit like squash, but how do the two sports differ? Um, well, the rules are basically the same. Um, what's different about it is just the type of equipment. So the ball is um, slightly different for racquetball. Um, it's now actually officially called Squash 57. Um, oh, rather than racket. Yeah, they, yeah they, England Squash sort of renamed it to try and um, make it more in line with squash as a concept. So What's the 57 sort of about? So the 57 bit is actually the diameter of the ball. So uh, a racquetball is 570 millimetres, so 5.7 centimetres okay. diameter. That makes sense. You know, which is where the 57 comes from, yeah. Whereas a squash ball is is much smaller, um, mm. but yeah, racquetball's a great sport in its own right. Um, it's um, slightly easier on the joints; the, the movements around the court are, are slightly less explosive, and um, so it's a bit easier on your knees and your hips and those sort of things. Just because the ball's got a lot more bounce in it because it's so much bigger, um, it bounces more like a tennis ball around the court than a, a, a squash ball. So it means they're sort of less lunging into the corners, and, and means it the rallies are a lot longer makes it a lot more aerobic really than squash because the rallies mm. are that much longer um, and yeah, can really, really be an, an enjoyable sport in, in, uh, in its own right. But like I said, the, the rules themselves are, are pretty much the same. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. But I know we've had um, beginners racquetball as well as beginners squash sessions at Rossi's, haven't we, Liam? Yeah, we have indeed. Um, and I think racquetball is probably one of the... Matt, would you say racquetball is slightly easier to get into than squash? Um, because the ball's a little bit bigger and it bounces slightly easier as well, or slightly. Yeah, more. it's probably it's probably a yeah a great starting point if you're looking to get into looking to get into squash. Um, like I said, the, the rallies are, are longer and slightly easier to get into because the ball does bounce that much much higher. Um, so yeah, it's a great starting point if you're interested in getting involved. 
Fantastic. Um, so now we know what squash and racquetball are. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Matt. Um, how you got into squash? Um, sort of what age did you start playing? Um, so uh, I can't actually remember when I what age I started playing at because it, it just feels like I played forever. Um, and from a really young age, so I'm guessing I was probably about five or six, uh, and just started out by going and watching my dad play, um, and sort of just joining on, uh, joining with him, having a, a hit with him after he'd finished playing his matches on court. We started out with a in a small club called the King's Head in Borborough, just outside Norwich, um, which isn't there any longer, unfortunately. Well, the pub is, the, the squash courts aren't. Um, so um, yeah, started out there and, and just having a few hits there with dad and. Sort of moved across to Barnum Brim from there, where I started having some coaching with um, uh, a very well-known coach called Alex Cowie, um, and then moved across to Rossi, sort of in my late twenties, um, to to join there and 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 improve the team and, and see if we get them into the Premier Division. Um, but obviously, as a junior, you know, played a lot of local tournaments and uh, as I did so well in them, and then sort of progressed onto regional and national ones, and eventually even played some. Some tournaments on the European circuit, traveling around sort of France and Italy, uh, and playing tournaments in, in a lot of European countries as well. What um, would you say your biggest achievements are in the sport? Um, so I've won almost every junior county championship. So I won county titles at under 12s, 14s, 16s, 19s, and under 23s. That's amazing. Um, but, yeah, I've been, yeah, been, twi- been twice um, senior county champion. Um, both at squash and racquetball, uh, and also the current doubles county champion as well, um, with my partner Steve Dawson. Um, so yeah, at one time or the other, I've sort of held, well, I held all all the county titles um, over the last sort of twelve months. Um, yeah, so so that's probably my greatest achievement, and, and also recently I've sort of been chosen to play for the um, over thirty fives England team. Um, and been selected to do that, although that was meant to take place this coming weekend and uh, has unfortunately been cancelled due to the um, the COVID outbreak. Well, you've got a yeah, lot that... to be proud of. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's a, there's some real achievements in there. Um, what a shame that, you know, this weekend's cancelled because of the virus. Um, for those for those people who might be listening to this, um, we're sort of at a later date. We're currently in the middle of the, the COVID-19 um, lockdown. So at the moment, no squash is taking place. All, all squash clubs are closed um, for the foreseeable future at the moment. So, um, yeah, it'd be great sort of once it gets back up and running, Matt, if you can, if you can represent England at, at that age category, it'd be great. Yeah, so they're hoping to hopefully have those again in September, but it's sort of just a wait and see thing at the moment, as is squash in general at the moment. Just um, there's been there's been some good news today that it looks like they're starting to uh, open some tennis clubs and allow some tennis to take place. But obviously, what makes squash so great is obviously the biggest downfall as well in terms of mm. you have to share a space on the same court with your opponent, which sort of makes the whole social distancing thing almost impossible when you're playing squash. Yeah, you, you can't really social distance on a squash court, can you? <laughs> no, that's right. And obviously you're, you're running around in the same area, sweaty, breathing heavily. So it's, um, yeah, far from ideal when we're uh, yeah, trying to keep two metres apart from each other. <laughs> yeah, indeed. That, yeah, that's tricky, isn't it? So um, you took part in the Rossi's 40th birthday exhibition matches. Um, Two years ago now, actually, it was May 2018. Um, so you played two of the world's best squash players in James Wilstrop and Daryl Selby. Um, what was it like being on court with those guys? Um, sort of two of the biggest names in the sport, really. 
Um, well, it was absolutely fantastic to to have the opportunity to do it. Um, James, I think it was just off the back of having won his gold medal at the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, literally um, right off the back of that, I believe. Yeah, so he was obviously in a really good place and off the back of a really good result. Uh, and I think he had his medal with him that night, didn't he? And it was, um, was yeah, both him off. and Daryl. Daryl, I think he'd won. He's won a doubles well. event, yeah, or, yeah. or not one, but he yeah won a medal. Um, so they both had Commonwealth medals to to bring back with them and, and, and show around. But I used to play with both Daryl and James as juniors um, back, um, you know, uh, up until I was under nineteen. And so it was great to have a catch up with them as well as get on court with them. Uh, it was a great challenge for me in terms of trying to train and make sure I wasn't completely embarrassed on court. Um, but obviously they're they're a different class. I mean they're both. Um, I mean, they're the same age as me. They're both sort of 36, 37 now. Um, but they're, um, which is old for a professional squash player. Um, not many of them sort of reach that age and are still playing at um, the level that James and Daryl are, sort of in the top 20 in the world. So um, to have the opportunity to get on court with them was amazing. And but, but what was most amazing about it for me was sort of the crowd at Rossi's and the number of people that we had yeah. and the interest we had with it. Um, it was absolutely fantastic. I think um, it was over 100 people there for the squash. Um, uh, and um, the, the other really interesting thing, thing for me was the insight that we we got from Malcolm Wilstrop, uh, James' yeah, dad. He's also he's also a world-renowned coach as well. So it was great to have him there and provide some insight on on the game of squash as a whole and and what his thoughts were on, on coaching the sport and and the way forward with it. Really, yeah, it was a real unique event, um, which doesn't happen very often. So it was really good for obviously for you to be part of it and. And for me to play a very small part in it as well, being there and, and, and working the event as well. Yeah, I um, took some great photos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've actually been on court with both of them as well. Um, <laughs> I think they were getting the ball as close to me as they possibly could, <laughs> which, was, which was slightly daunting. Um, so you obviously play for Rossies as well, Matt. Um, we've got four teams in both the Norfolk Summer and, and Winter Leagues. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the Norfolk Squash Leagues um, and squash in Norfolk in general, really? Yeah, so the, the Norfolk Leagues themselves are, you know, they're a great place to start in terms of representing your club. So, you know, once you've, you've played the sport for a while and feel like you're ready to take the next step and play competitively, and majority of clubs around Norfolk have teams that um, are represented in the, the, the Norfolk League. So there are four divisions in the Norfolk League and each of them have sort of seven or eight teams in. And they're spread all the way across the county. So um, we've had teams before from sort of Kingsland all the way across to as far as Kessingland. Um and Rossi's has, uh, I think, a team in the Premier Division, one in Division One and two in Division Two. So, sort of even a healthy rivalry in that division between two Rossi's teams as well. Yeah. Um, uh, but each team has about four or five players in, depending on whether it's the winter or the summer season. Uh, obviously, there's a, a singles match at one, two, three, four, and five, um, and uh, yeah, you get points for, for winning games. So. You sort of add up the totals at the end and, and see which team wins at the end of the evening. Uh, but the, the, the great thing about it is that after the squash is done, you sit down, and you have a beer and a meal with the opposing team afterwards and have a bit of a laugh and socialise afterwards, which is, um, yeah, there's, the social side of the squash is as fantastic as the, um, you know, the on-court side of things. I think, yeah, I totally agree with you there. It's really good to see um, that that social element is sort of really alive and well with squash. Um, me and Soph obviously see it a little bit within the gym environment where people mm. tend to come in nowadays, kind of put their headphones on, um, have a workout and tend to go. Um, fortunately, Rossi's isn't, you know, isn't as bad as some would say the bigger corporate gyms. We've got a nice sort of friendly family feel. So people do tend to take their headphones out and have a, you know, have a bit of a socialize, but um, it's something that we promote 
sort of with squash, with with classes, and sort of in the pool and, and through bowls is that real social element. So it's really good to see. Um, and so we always say, you know, whenever you go into the bar in the evening, there's always always squash players propping up the bar. There always are. Not that I'm always going in the bar, but <laughs> <laughs> although some people might disagree. <laughs> but um, that just kind of brings me to the point that we touched briefly about how squash has been affected by the COVID-19 outbreak. What are you kind of what are your thoughts for the future of squash, and and do you think people are going to be looking forward to getting back on court? And also, what are you doing to keep up your fitness for squash during this time where you can't actually play someone else? Yeah, so squash at the moment is is pretty much non-existent. It, it's had to stop entirely, as I said already, just because of um, you know how close you get on court. It's, it's just not possible at all to uh, to play at the moment, and obviously all gym facilities uh, are closed at the moment anyway. So um, yeah, it's just not possible for for any of us to get on court at the moment. Which you know you have to take the positive side of things. It, I might not be able to get to practice, but but no one else is as well. So yeah, um, you know, no, no one's getting a head start on anyone else. Um, yeah, hopefully we were just waiting for the obviously the government advice in terms of you know gyms hope, hope hopefully being able to reopen and uh, and that'll be when we can sort of hopefully start getting back on court. But what that'll look like, no one really knows at the moment. Um, and I suppose it's the same for you guys in the gym. You've got no idea in terms of what it's going to look like. It's very up very much at the moment. Watch this space. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, but in terms of what I'm trying to do to, to keep myself fit is um, pretty much the same as everyone else. You know getting out for a run where I can, um, getting out on the bike a little bit as well. Um, and um, just, you know, really thinking of it from a well-being aspect rather than, a, you know, maintaining or improving fitness just to keep myself um, sane while we're all sort of locked down. And, <laughs> That's and, a really good um, point. I think yeah. people's um, goals have shifted people's perceptions of really what they want out of fitness has changed. And I do think it's a little bit more about getting in out of your head and getting out of that headspace and those confined, not necessarily getting out of your house, but just switching your brain off from all the stress and doing some exercise for your mental well-being has been, that's really the reason I started running and the reason I'm still running. I just feel like I need that on top of the kind of the regular training I do. So I think there's people running at the moment that haven't run since like 1998, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the great thing about it is people are using this time to sort of explore other aspects of being able to exercise. So um, you know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to go off tearing down the street for a run. You know, that's not what it's about now. You can, like you say, do a bit of yoga and it's almost mm -hmm. as much about the recovery time and giving yourself a rest from all those things that you you would normally do and yeah, um, yeah trying something different so um yeah it's great to sort of try spend the time trying a few new things so a bit of yoga and you know some a bit more stretching than perhaps we would usually do our squash players don't like to warm up we just normally like to jump on court and <laughs> whack the ball about so it's nice to sort of have an opportunity to rest the body and try some yeah, of those other things as well that probably leads into a nice question that I've got actually for you, Soph. Um, obviously, you're doing your classes online and virtually at the moment via Facebook. Um, what classes would you say you're doing um, that, would, that squash players would, would benefit from? I know Matt obviously touched upon yoga and sort of stretching-based stuff there. Yeah, definitely yoga. Um, and 
anything like yoga and Pilates is great to support any support because you get that real core strength, um, which helps to improve everything. Um, but specifically for squash, I'd probably recommend my Wednesday morning, uh, no, Thursday morning, sorry, Thursday morning, half past 11, lift lean, which is equipment free. It's a HIIT training uh, style, um, which really, really supports the kind of fitness that you need for squash. Like Matt said, that explosive start stop, that anaerobic fitness that's really good for kind of developing that so the yoga and the pilates for that foundation and that core strength and then lift lean and possibly body conditioning uh, which i do on a monday night at six o'clock as well in the facebook group would also be really good for for supporting all-around conditioning and um, stamina too so those are the classes i'd probably recommend the most and so um the facebook group is rossi's members and friends if people want to join they just need to search that group um, yep. and obviously they have to they have to request to join we approve them and then can do those classes that's, with you that's correct that's uh, correct and then any, anyone can join and uh, we encourage as many people as possible to come and join in with all the fun and there's quite a little community in there now and um, we've got people mm. from all over the world in there um we've got japan we've got austria we've got where have we got south africa i want to say barbados as well so Lovely places that I'd love to go to one day. We've got <laughs> all over, which is really fantastic, all joining in. So, yeah, if, you, if you're interested, um, search up on Facebook and we'd love to see you in the group. Yeah, fantastic. So, Matt, I've just started playing squash well about a year ago. Um, some people will know that. What advice would you give um, to a beginner like me, sort of looking to progress my game? Um, so sort of what are the real best ways of, of moving forward? Well, I've seen you play, Liam, so I'd recommend that you, you give up. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyone else that fancies playing. Um, obviously, we've got, um, like I said earlier, two courts at Rossi's. We've got a great squash coach in, in Tom Smith. Um, so, um, you know, utilise him as the squash coach. There's, there's group sessions available or, or will be available, hopefully, when the, when the Rossi's reopens. Um, but, yeah, it's all about knowing your level and finding someone that you can have a... A competitive game with so um you know it doesn't matter what level you are you should be able to find someone who's about your level you can get on court with and you know have a competitive nice even game and um yeah make it competitive and fun that way and um, i think i think the league structure helps really well in that respect as well um i was really daunted in joining the squash leagues because if I'm honest, I didn't really know what to do to start off with. I didn't know kind of what the etiquette of the sport was. It was it was a new game that I sort of picked up. Um, but it, it does, you know, you, you end up being in the right league for your level. And, and as you just said, Matt, you, you do play, you know, you have a competitive game. And, you know, and if you play well, you go up and then you play people who are better than you. So, um, it, you know, it, your, your game's sort of constantly evolving, I think, as you as you meet those new challenges as you go up through the leagues. Um, so sort of the internal league structures, I think, uh, are a good way to go as well. Would you agree? Yeah, that's right. And there's sort of seven or eight internal leagues, I think, at Rossi's at the moment. So you've got, um, you know, quite a spectrum in terms of uh, what the levels are like. So you've got um, those players right at the bottom that are just beginners, um, all the way through to some of the first team players that are in the, in the top division. Um, so, um, yeah, the, obviously the goal is there to try and work your way up and, and improve your game and, and, and play some of the, the better players in the club. But, yeah, if you're just starting out, then there's no uh, no shame in being right down the bottom of the league and, you know, looking to improve your skills with those players at the same level as you. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Um, so we know the, 
we know the importance of physical activity in children. Um, obviously, we want to encourage as many children into the game of squash as we can. Um, what does grassroots squash look like in Norfolk, Matt? So I know that uh, Tom at Rossi's has, has done some great um, school sessions and after school clubs uh, at Rossi's and um, uh, I don't know exactly how many kids were, were involved, but I know that the, uh, the, the sessions were fully booked. Um, the, yeah, the they were. were at Rossi's. Absolutely. And I think yeah, they, were run at, they were run at both uh, at primary school level, weren't they? So there were two different groups, I think, for sort of the younger children and then one for slightly older children. But I know that they were, they were fully booked all the way through. Yeah, they were, and a lot of those children carried on as well. Um, so they, they sort of got a taste of a taste of squash, really. Um, and then a lot of them have progressed through, and they're now coaching with Tom. Well, they're not at the moment, obviously, but they will be. Um, and I guess that's that's the starting point, really, isn't it? Um, that's right. Yeah, and obviously, once they're you know they've they've come and given it a go and and found that they enjoy it. Um, yeah, the idea is to try and keep them on. Um, and I, I think again, there's some sort of regular junior coaching during the week that that Tom does. Um, so yeah, the idea is to move them into those sessions. You know, keep them on court regularly. And once they've sort of done that, in terms of Norfolk, there's um, you know there's some regular coaching that the a couple of really great young Norfolk coaches are doing and putting on on a monthly basis um, to get children on court and doing a group session. So getting children of around the same ages together. So they're Again, they're socialising rather than just playing, but it's also promoting that sort of competitive atmosphere with them as well. Um, and, and again, if they then want to take things further and play competitively, there's then a, 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 some regular junior junior tournaments which are shared across the clubs of the county as well. So they're called junior Grand Prix tournaments. They're graded by ability. So again, gives the children a chance to not just play, but be around other, other players of different ages and even you know, have a hand at, uh, or try at marking and refereeing as well as just sort of being on court and playing as well. Yeah, I know we heard, we held one of those rounds um, at Rossi's in January, and um, it was great to see all the young people down on court. You know, it wasn't it wasn't just a handful; it was full. We had we had loads of young people there, so um, it's really good to see the the interest in the sport at grassroots level. I think one of the one of the really good things of, of, about squash as children get older and they move into to adulthood, it's it's quite a short game. So you you know it's four minutes um you can play it in any weather because it's inside um and it just means that it's a bit easier for them to keep going i think um i know as a child i my main sport was cricket um and sort of once i got to sort of late teens for me you know i was i was then working and it was very difficult to maintain because the game was so long um so i think squash is is one of those like you've done it matt really started from a very young age and then just carried it on right through into adulthood yeah that's right it's one of those sports sir, because it it doesn't take so long. You can sort of have a game in 40 minutes, be showered and done within the space of an hour. So um, I've had times where I've been able to fit a game in even my lunch break at work and uh, and get back to work inside an hour, albeit with a bit of a run back to my desk afterwards. But um, yeah, I mean, it is possible to do. And like you say, because it doesn't take too long, you can you can squeeze it in, in that sort of short time period, which is, um, you know, when you compare it to sports like, say, like cricket and golf and those sort of things that take all day, um, and a reliant, you know, reliant on the weather as well, and, and squash yeah. has got that going for it. Absolutely, absolutely. One thing I didn't mention earlier when we were talking about um, sort of improving standards um, is Tom does something called hackers. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what sort of hackers sessions are like, Matt? Yeah, so hackers is uh, sort of a group coaching session. So um, it's open to any of the, the squash members at Rossi's. 
Um, and, and obviously, Tom will try and tailor it to to the standard of the players that turn up. Um, but yeah, the idea is that um, it's a group session, so it's it, it's reasonably cheap and accessible, um, and uh, again, it's sociable, but um, yeah, competitive as well. So uh, it sort of touches all those bases um, and, and really looks at improving some of the basics of the game as well. So um, yeah, it's fun, it's competitive, but uh, again, will help you improve your game if that's something you're interested in doing. Fantastic. No, that's great. That's, that's given us a sort of a real good insight into the sport of squash and kind of the progressions through and, and a little bit about you, Matt, as well. Um, that's really good. Um, so, if, have you got anything you wanted to ask Matt while he's with us at all? Um, I think you touched on the only question I kind of might have thought about, which was how to kind of get started with it. But I guess that's a case of just pick up a racket, get over yourself and have a go. And like, like you said earlier, Matt, there's always going to be someone that's a beginner as well that you can hit a ball about with. But have you got any other tips for anyone starting out with uh, just getting into squash for improving? Well, no, not really. Don't, don't be daunted by it. Um, like I say, the, the courts at Rossi's are, are not too far past the gym. So do wander down and have a look if, if anyone's there. Um, if you want to see the, you know, what the, the very best players in the club are like, then I'd recommend coming down and watching a Norfolk League match and or perhaps on a Monday night and, and supporting their, um, uh, the Rossi's team once the Norfolk League's back up and running, hopefully again this winter. Um, but uh, yeah, as you say so, uh, I think Rossi's does have some rackets and balls behind reception that people should be able to, to borrow or hire um, so that if there is a spare court, you know, and they're there in the gym or in the pool, then why not jump on and give it a go? Grab a racket, see what it's yeah, like. Ab- absolutely. You, um, we, we do have higher rackets and balls, Matt, um, and, and squash is included in all the leisure memberships as well. So there's absolutely no reason why, you know, anybody couldn't just, just grab a racket and a ball and, and, and an opponent and, and go and get on court and give it a go. Um, yeah, it, it is as accessible as that, really. Everyone will be itching to get back on court once we're up and running again. <laughs> yeah, everyone's <laughs> going to be itching to do anything, I think. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that's amazing, Matt. Um, I'd like to say a massive thank you for that, actually. Thanks for joining us today. Um, it was a real good insight into the world of squash um, and racquetball in Norfolk. Um, thank you, Matt. Um, You're welcome. Thank Thank you, Soph. Thank you for joining uh, me as well. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, as always. It's, it's been good fun. That kind of wraps up episode number three. Um, probably the last thing for me to say is, um, if you have been enjoying the podcasts, um, on Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe. So whenever we publish a new podcast, it will actually send you a notification so you don't miss any. Um, and you can follow us if you're, if you're going down the Podbean option. Um, and again, you'll be able to see all of our new new podcasts um, pop up there. So that concludes episode number three. Um, thanks for joining us, guys. And we'll, we'll see you all again soon. Cheers, Matt. Cheers, Soph. Thank you very much. Thanks, thanks for listening, everybody. See yeah, you again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.